0: Welcome to the Stop Ruining My Childhood podcast.
1: A sometimes nostalgic, sometimes cynical look back at pop culture. Join us as we revisit movies, cartoons, and live action TV of the 80s and 90s. And we ask the question Does this hold up, or did I just ruin my childhood?
0: my name is megan
1: and i'm steve
0: and today we are talking about elf the classic sitcom from the 80s if you haven't joined us before we have a rotation we watch a cartoon then we watch a live action tv show and then we watch a movie so our last episode we watched strawberry shortcake here we're talking about elf and then next time we're going to be reviewing troop beverly hills that's our movie coming up but before we get into elf which you can find by the way in a couple different places, there are some clips on YouTube. There are a few episodes on Daily Motion, and then you can also go to Stars through Amazon Prime. And we have links for that on our website at Stop Ruining My Childhood, so you can watch along with us on our blog, and you can click those links. And you can also see a link for the snack that we have today, because. What's a TV show without a snack?
1: That's right. And our snack today is Jelly Bellies. Specifically, Jelly Bellies Bean Boozled.
0: The sixth edition, which I'd never heard of this game before. Yeah,
1: apparently you can buy a box of jelly beans and it has a spinner, and depending on the color of the beans, you have to decide if it's a good flavor or or a bad flavor disguised as the same color bean.
0: Yeah, so I picked this for today first that I have some specific memories about Jelly Bellies that I want to talk about in a second, but also because I felt like Elf looks on the outside like this very family-friendly, sweet sitcom, but then there's a little bit of tartness to it, right? It's a little bit of a surprise. And so being Boozled, you spin the spinner, and you can get, for example, buttered popcorn or rotten egg they both look the same um juicy pear or booger we may be getting sick on this yes this may not
1: be great but it does go with Alf because we couldn't have gone with cats no would have been Alf's choice of snack
0: that is very true what do you remember about jelly bellies
1: well you know i don't remember if i made a distinction between jelly bellies and just jelly beans really i know jelly bellies had a lot of flavors But I was never a huge jelly bean fan as a kid.
0: Yeah, jelly beans are not my super favorite. But I have to say, I remember very distinctly that... So the company has been around since 1866. They started making jelly beans in 1976, and that's where they had this idea. Instead of doing a typical jelly bean variety pack, they wanted to use natural purees to make their jelly beans, which I don't think is in here now. (laughs) That's my guess. But they started putting them in individual flavors that then you could mix to your liking and i just remember in high school that these became really big they actually didn't they became big during ronald reagan's term in office he was Mm. as you know a real big fan of jelly beans and he specified that jelly bellies were his favorite so they were the official white house candy starting in 1981 and they even went to the moon
1: and another kind of interesting fact is that The name Jelly Belly actually was a tribute to Lead Belly, who's a blues musician.
0: Oh, interesting. Um, Huddle
1: Bill Ledbetter, who died in 1949. But the guy who came up, who started Jelly Belly's in 1976, was a blues fan. And so Jelly Belly came from... Lead belly, which was a stage name.
0: That's interesting. I would have thought it was just like, you know, Santa Claus who has a jelly belly, that kind of thing. So I think we're putting off the fact that we don't want to spin the wheel. (laughs) I'm very nervous about what I'm going to get. All right. Okay. I landed on pomegranate or old bandage. So I'm going to pick mine and then you spin. Oh, we're both going to take one?
1: Oh, I thought we were going to, yeah, and see which one was a good one and which one was a bad one. Okay.
0: All right. Let's see. Grab, grab the pomegranate or old bandage. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Oh, no. No.
1: No. I got pomegranate. I
0: can tell by your face you got pomegranate. The old bandage. Oh, my God. I'm going to be sick. <laughs> the, old, the old bandage. You can smell it before you taste it. It tastes like an old bandage.
1: Pomegranate's phenomenal. It's oh actually very fruity. Um, Jelly bellies are also famous for being made with real fruit juice.
0: I'm going to have to pick another one and now i don't know what to do what if i have another bad one i the only time i've ever eaten the bad I'll kind give a spin this time they had um harry potter every flavored beans like harry potter mm-hmm. and i did get a vomit flavored one. Oh my gosh
1: okay strawberry banana smoothie or dead fish
0: i can't do it
1: i don't think and i can do it looks like it's
0: I did not eat the Jelly Belly. I had to spit it out. It. it I can't even tell you. It tastes like Band Aid smell. All right. Which one are we looking at I here? Don't know. The orange. This one, right there.
1: Okay. I got um, strawberry okay. banana smoothie. I got
0: strawberry banana smoothie
1: as well. Okay. Nicely done. We both Bumped left that. i two at. for two.
0: Mm, I I have a, okay. Now I will say it really does taste like a strawberry banana smoothie. Yeah, I thought they so get the, too. They get the flavor down pat. They have. I'm not going to take the chance because the other one's rotten egg. But they do have in this pack my favorite, which is buttered popcorn. I love the Jelly Belly Or front. rotten egg. Yeah, but, well, that's not my favorite. But <laughs> <laughs> toasted toasted marshmallow and buttered popcorn. I'm not a big fan of, like, we're going to eat a lot of them on here, but I'm not a huge fan of fruit-flavored candy. Mm-hmm. But this strawberry banana smoothie is delightful.
1: See, I'm more of a fruit-flavored candy fan fan than chocolate flavor for the most part it's interesting because me and one of my brothers like if you asked what our favorite candy was anybody knows us, knows us would tell us skittles because mm. we're always been a big fan of skittles i have a, a story flavor.
0: about skittles but i don't want to tell that right now
1: well maybe we'll save <laughs> skittles as another stack we'll
0: save skittles for another day the story is a little off color and it, it does not involve me it involves somebody i know but um sorry for the rattling that's the sound of jelly bellies being put away. That bandage is one of the most horrifying things I've ever eaten in my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, on a scale of one to five cats, <laughs>
0: oh no,
1: how many do you, cats do you give jelly each?
0: You know what? I'm gonna give it a four. I think it's a delay. I think it would be a really fun party game. That's something that um we do a lot of work at our church i think the youth group would love that yeah as a that's game.
1: an interesting game yeah I, I agree i would give it a four I, the only thing keeping me from a five is the fact that some of those are disgusting and you could end up with yeah it.
0: the only thing keeping me from a five is that i just essentially ate a band-aid yeah in my opinion and i'm gonna have nightmares about it so, so. we
1: agree four cats
0: four cats for Jelly Bellies, and I really – there is going to be a link for for Bean Boozled. You can buy a bunch of the additions, and I have a link for it on the blog. So, um, yeah, definitely – Get it and play along. I think it's a great party game. Lots of fun. So, Steve, we're going to go now into ALF, which is like the Jelly Belly is a little bit sweet with a little bit of a stinker in there every now and then. Can you summarize? We watched two full episodes from the show, one from season two, one from season three. The thing about
1: ALF is ALF is really a phenomena, right? They did four seasons, and then, as we're going to talk about a little bit later, they did a cartoon, Mm -hmm. and then he did a stint as a little night show host on TV Land, which we looked at episodes of those as well to kind of compare. So it's kind of a bigger thing with with the main character of Alf. But we watched an episode from season two, episode one, which was called Working My Way Back to You. The introduction was interesting to begin with. I really liked the fact that... When they roll the intro credits, it's done with Alf having a video camera. And so you see the whole family and get introduced to them from his standpoint. You know, from his three-foot perspective, but also it's his perspective of the family. Like he catches the teenage daughter on the phone in the closet, right? And you get to see them, so it's really an interesting piece of him doing a home movie. Introducing the family, and he looks in the mirror and it shows him... Um, and I really like that.
0: And you would think I, and then we could get to the summary and then we're gonna do some of our memories and the full recap. Yes. But you would think that that they would have in the 80s and early 90s they have these shows where they tell you the story. And you would think that they would do that like there was an alien who came to her. But yeah. they don't. No. And I think that's an interesting choice, but it's really cool to see everything from Alf's like 3-foot perspective. Right. You yeah. get
1: the you get the idea that he crashed in their garage, right? Yeah. And, and that's how he ended up with the family.
0: So working my way back to you.
1: So Alf keeps breaking things in the house, which is sort of a running thing for Alf. And so he gets sent to the garage. Um, to live in the garage since he keeps breaking everything. He starts by breaking a painting. And he's just continuously breaking things in the house. So he gets sent to live in the garage so that hopefully he won't break things. And then that starts off well. But then Alf starts bringing things like living room furniture into the garage. To make it homey. And meanwhile taking everything out of the house. So Willie, the father... Willie and Kate find him with the entire living room set in the garage in the middle of the night. And they get angry. I think he's also making, like, a roast in the microwave. Um, And so he's really made himself at home instead of it being a punishment. And so they make this deal with him that he can come back in the house. But he has to basically, like, be on his best behavior and not break anything for a week. So the next morning, they wake up to Alf in, like, a butler uniform. He's in like a white press shirt and a black bow tie, and he's talking very formally to them almost like he's a british butler he's made them eggs benedict for the whole family he's cleaned the entire house they find out he painted the fence in the middle of the night like he's not only on his best behavior he's way over exemplifying like perfect behavior right um and comments are made by willie like that he did a better job cleaning the house than kate did which (laughs) she's not a fan of
0: they kind of imply the cooking
1: The cooking is better as well, yes. Um, And so this goes on for a week. But by the end, you know, at first they're like, oh, this is really nice. But then by the end of the week... They just don't, like, he's waxing the living room floor for, like, the fourth time in a week, right? The place is kept up so well that the neighbor even mentions it. You know, there's a lot, and he refuses to break character. He's kind of trying to prove a point, and he's just acting as their butler, basically. By the end of the last day of the week, they're just like, Alf, just become your old self again. He's like, nope, we're seeing this through. And he starts quoting back about rules, and without rules there's chaos, things that Willie had said to him originally. And so they all decide to go out for the day. Until they come back at sundown when is when their bet is over, and so they're due back I believe at six fourteen, mm-hmm. and so he's planning to cook this duck duck, duck. a l'orange, yes, um, which Willie asked for for dinner. He's got it set up very nicely, and then he ends up making a mistake with the oven, and he blows he lights the oven that had been filled with gas, and he blows up the entire kitchen, blows himself through the pass through and into the living room. Um, And the family comes home and the place is a mess. But it ends up that they kind of forgive and forget about it. They're glad to have him back.
0: Also, there's a gag where the neighbor is there... And the neighbor can't see Alf because Alf's an alien, right? Right. So the neighbor has come over because of the explosion, and he but he's just sitting there watching. He's TV. He's just
1: sitting there watching TV, right? Yeah. And he's they ask where the butler is, and he says, "I don't know. He must have beat it after the explosion." And they find Alf like like in the closet. He's been blown up. He's all charred, um, and he's afraid that he he just keeps ruining things, and so he offers to turn himself into the alien task force. And they basically tell him, "Don't worry about it. Like they forgive and forget." And that's kind of the end of the the episode.
0: And then the second episode we watched was season three, episode one. Which episode two? I'm sorry. Yes, episode two, which is t- called
1: Stairway to Heaven.
0: Did do I don't think that they all have names after songs. I but think these they two do, do. Working because my way another to...
1: episode was Jump. Yeah. I think they're named after songs. Yeah, they which might is, be. is is kind of a thing that sometimes certain shows will do that. You know, with the names of their their episodes. Uh, so stairway to heaven it's the next season and this is basically uh, a copy of it's a wonderful life the tanner family is playing croquet in the backyard he hits willie in the leg and hurts his leg they all get upset that he always is breaking things again that he's dangerous so they all go inside alf gets angry he throws a croquet mallet up in the air it comes down hits him in the head knocks him out and as he's, as he's going unconscious, or right before he goes unconscious, he says, I wish I'd never crashed the Tanner's garage. You know, I wish I had a different life. And so, of course, he gets a guardian angel, kind of like in It's a Wonderful Life, who shows him what the Tanner's life would be like without him. Interestingly enough, the Tanners have a lot more money without health, always breaking things.
0: Well, he didn't eat their lottery ticket.
1: Yes, he didn't eat their lottery ticket, apparently, right. which was must have been in an earlier episode. But also that he, he didn't... He's not always breaking things and destroying the kitchen and stuff like that. And then we also get to see Alf's life. And Alf is a corporate executive who apparently changed the radiator fluid from his crashed spaceship into a perfume that all of the high celebrities like. And now he's making a lot of money. But again, the interesting thing is that he sees is that the Tanner family is doing very well, but they're not having any fun. They're living a very boring life. But also, Alf is living a very boring life. Like, he's supposed to be the one that gives them fun, but he's an executive and he's just greedy and he's just always p- pushing his, his employees to work harder, to, to get more. And so, without each other, the, the two... They're both rich, but neither of them are actually enjoying life, really. And so, of course, just like It's a Wonderful Life, at the end, he says, you know, no, I don't want this. And he realizes what he's missing, and he misses the tanners. And he wakes up on their couch, and they found him unconscious and brought him in. um, And he you know there's a there's a little play to the wizard of oz where he says "annie M., annie M., don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain" but they say "oh alf we're sorry we yelled at you" and he misses them and you know that's basically where it wraps up again it's a, it's a it's a good ending which it seems like these tend to be
0: yeah and it's very interesting that the show is so cheerful because apparently the making of the show was not um, so to give a little bit of historical background, as Steve said, this ran from 1986 to 1990, 102 episodes, so basically just enough for syndication. Typically, once a show hits 100 episodes, they put it into syndication. And sometimes networks would like allow a show to have one extra season past its prime just so they could syndicate it. I think that that's probably what happened here, because I want to give a little story, just a backstory about myself. So at one point, my brother Tim and I took a trip to California and we were able to get tickets to watch a sitcom being taped. So we were part of the live audience. Um, We talked about like Cheers had a live audience, right? We saw the Drew Carey show. In one of its last seasons, most shows now don't have live audiences. And it was about a four-hour taping, maybe a little bit over that. It was really cool process to watch that they had a comedian come in to warm up the audience while the, the set was being dressed, and then they would do a scene. And they would watch our reactions. They had microphones hanging down to catch the laughter. Then the writers would kind of group together and some of the stars and they would rewrite the scene and they would do another, like an alt, like they would do another take with like different lines and stuff. So because of that, a half hour sitcom takes about like four hours. Sometimes they mess up and it might be a little more, right? Friends kind of famously took around six hours to tape um, because they had Such a larger cast, right? They were always doing like an A story, a B story, sometimes a C story. So it took a little bit longer for them to tape. But this show apparently took 20 to 25 hours. And you have two kids involved. Mm -hmm. because um, Andrea Elson, who plays Lynn, was still a teenager. Benji Gregory, who plays Brian, is probably around 9, 10 at the beginning of the show. So I'm not sure the girl who played the older sister, whether she would have been like emancipated or able to be out of school, but certainly the kid who played Brian was not. And Paul Fusco, who does the voice of Alf, and it's his character that he created, he had this character... And he was a comedian. So he shopped it around a little bit. He tried it out like on stage as a puppet. And then he wanted to do a show based around this character. So what (laughs) happened is NBC coming into 1986, all of their pilots had failed um manimal which we're gonna watch in a couple weeks yeah. um they had a show based on baseball they had a show um and they had a show about um a guy who was in a rural town um and his dad wanted him to take over like the gas station all of these pilots had failed so basically they were kind of desperate and he brought in this character they were about to say no and he started working the puppet and working the room and kind of making fun of them and they were like oh this is a great character we need to build something around this so that's basically why they got the sitcom but the the technical aspects paul fusco had to be on a platform four feet below everybody else so the blocking always has to be around him sometimes they would fall And then they would have to completely redo the scene. It's him working the puppet, but somebody else is working the ears and the eyebrows to make it more animated. You have also a little person who's in the suit. So when they show Alf's whole body, that had to be done. And um, Max Wright had come from a Shakespearean background. And this show (laughs) is a very typical cheesy 80s sitcom. Mm-hmm. So I think he didn't quite know what he was in for and and really hated it. But according to everyone, um, and Sh- Shadeen, who plays Kate, um, Benji Gregory, Andrea Elson, as I mentioned, it was just grueling and Mm. not fun at all. And typically, you know, you're an actor and you expect to do things over and over, but if you're on a sitcom, even four hours doesn't seem like that long. You're doing extra takes, you're rewriting lines, you're sometimes interacting with the crowd while somebody else is rewriting the lines, and here they didn't have that. So when it wrapped, (laughs) apparently, typically you'd have like a wrap party. They did the last cut and Max Wright was like, okay, bye, and went to his, just went straight to his dressing room, picked up his stuff and left. Yeah. And everybody else kind of shrugged and was like, yup, (laughs) and left. But Paul Fusco is. From
1: my understanding, it was one. They they did one take and he walked out.
0: Yeah, and he was done. Done, done, done. Um, And I don't think it was the cast not getting along i think it was just the situation Mm -hmm. and how tiring it would be to do that so many hours for this for this show and the episodes i think one of the reasons they're so short they're 22 minutes in comparison when we did cheers those episodes are 25 right so it's very short and it's very fast i think because of the technical stuff but paul fusco basically has kind of made a living being alf <laughs> and as as steve mentioned the cartoon ran co- concurrently with the show it was a prequel but it ran from 87 to 89 and then he did a number of like one-off episodes where he plays alf on different tv shows yeah. sometimes now because um you know somebody will be knocked on the head and they'll think it's the 80s and then like alf will show up you know that kind of thing but that's basically yeah what his career's been And the the hit talk show we'll talk. About later, it's fascinating to me that networks put in money for different things, and essentially, this show because he's an alien life form, which is what Alf stands for his real name's Gordon. But okay. <laughs> because he's an alien life form, he can't leave the house. So, you're not talking about a lot of sets, you're not talking about a lot of like this is a very 80s like we are in one room for yes. most of this, right? We see the backyard, we see the garage, but for yep. the most part, it's in the living room and kitchen. Yeah, so it's it's kind of an interesting history and we're gonna just take a break really quick here and when we come back, we're going to talk about our memories valve, what we remember or what we don't and then we'll get into the full review and recap. This podcast is supported by its creators
1: and listeners like you.
0: Help keep our show ad-free by visiting our website, StopRuiningMyChildhood.com.
1: There you can find links to our social media.
0: And this very podcast you're currently listening to.
1: Both Megan and I are authors, and you can find links to our books on our About page.
0: And on our Watch With Us page, you can find videos and links for all the shows and movies we discuss on the podcast.
1: And more importantly, links to buy the nostalgic snacks we review as well.
0: We also post bonus content about once a month.
1: So like, subscribe, and follow.
0: For a small, independent podcast like ours, it really does make a difference. Thanks. And now, back to the show. Welcome back. Again, my name is Megan.
1: And I'm Steve.
0: And we are talking today about ALF, Alien Lifeform, the sitcom from the 80s. Steve, what are your memories of ALF?
1: Now, I, I do remember Alf quite a bit. I don't remember a lot of the episodes. I mean, I remember the concept. You know, 86 to 90, I would have been 9 to 13. So early early adolescence, late childhood. Um, I remember it was a primetime show. So I remember watching it occasionally. I don't remember it being a show like we had to watch. But, you know, now that I look back on it, that makes sense because... I would have thought it was interesting and funny. I was always a sci fi space, so I would have thought the concepts funny. But I can see looking back now that a lot of the humor probably might have gone over my head. Mm. Because some of the jokes were definitely shot towards the adults in the audience, while the concept of Alf as a puppet probably played towards the kids. But I do remember him. I remember him being a pop culture icon at the time.
0: I was just going to say, I actually, this is one of the few times so far. That our memories have kind of lined up um, so for me this would have been 7 to 11 and same thing i think that some of the jokes were for adults but not dirty i want to be clear on that it's just that they're saying things like they're mentioning leona helmsley donald trump jackie O. as a seven-year-old i would not have known who that was i also think that the concept of elf is kind of for younger kids. So I remember that my brother liked the show, and I think possibly in syndication, but definitely by the time I'm 11, so he's like seven, eight. And he just, he thought that Elf was funny. He thought it was cool. And Elf is kind of a cool character, but I definitely, my memories line up with yours here. This is, it's there, it's in the background. I sometimes watched it. It's not must-see TV.
1: But it's something that pops in my mind when I think 80s, right? Like, I think Max Headroom was an 80s thing, right? Alf was an 80s thing. So I, I, do, I do have a connection to it. It's just not something that I was invested in.
0: No, it's just part of that, it's part of that era. Yes. Yeah. So, um, So let's get into the episodes. The first one, what were some of your highlights?
1: Well, like I said before, I did like the introduction, which is interesting because we noticed in Season 3 they switched the intro. And it was no longer him filming. He popped a video cassette into the VCR and they were watching things. I thought that
0: filmed. was a really fun yeah. change.
1: And they had updated it, obviously, with stuff from the shows. You know, I'll say one of the things, too, when I'm looking at this, and I want to bring it just into our kind of review piece here, is you had mentioned the issues with Max Wright. Mm-hmm. And I know one of his interviews that he would mentioned was one of the problems he had, not only was it the grueling hours, but he had kind of an issue being a supporting actor to an inanimate object.
0: Yeah, and this is definitely one of the things I noticed, too, that most family sitcoms, you know, the parents kind of lead or a teenager kind of leads. Like, if you look at Growing Pains... Yes. Kirk Cameron's kind of the star of the show, but it's an ensemble cast. Yes. And here it really is it's not. It's
1: Alf and it's Alf normally either with the group, the whole family or one-on-one with a family member.
0: Probably because it took so long to shoot.
1: I would imagine so as well. But the other but but the only thing I have to say here in defense of the show is I can understand Max Wright having that type of training and feeling like I'm a supporting role to an inanimate object. But at the same time, this is in the era or after Muppets and Sesame Street, yeah, where much more acclaimed actors and celebrities did the same thing.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, the difference to me, I guess, is that if you watch Sesame Street or um, the Muppet show, which at some point we will, but um, if you watch that, you're... The celebrity is there for an episode, right? Yes. And with Sesame Street, sometimes not even a full episode, sometimes just like a clip. And they typically, a lot of times, they film it in layers, so there isn't this problem that they had on ALF with moving around and with and among the puppet. But I, I do kind of, yeah, I agree with you. I do think, though... Uh, it very I understand much is the, the technical show.
1: aspect. Yeah. But I just feel like there's been a lot of other really acclaimed actors, much better than Max Wright, who have done things with puppets. Yep. So for him to be like, well, I'm the second to this inanimate object, but you're famous. Like, yeah. and you're in a hit show.
0: That's true. And, and actually, most people. Unfortunate and now he's passed. But most people I would say probably know him from this show. Yes. They don't know that he was like in Taming of the Shrew and the Merchant right. of Venice and you know all of these great stage plays. But I think that in some, you know, sometimes actors get pigeonholed and they don't want to be remembered for that. This is a really cheesy sitcom, and I could see the material also maybe he not liking. Having said that, he is really <laughs> A, a very stereotypical 80s sitcom dad. He is. Like he has talks with Alf about like heart to heart one on one yes. like Alf, you know, you have to have empathy and care for people and yes. be polite and all of that. Um but it really in some ways this show to me is like you're doing a whole show around like Fonzie from Happy Days. Or you, kind of what Family Matters became later on, where it's the Urkel show and they're all mm-hmm. supporting. Or um, he reminded me a little bit of, sorry for the language here, but this is the character's name, Boner from Growing Pains. Oh, yeah. The sidekick, funny kind of character who's getting the son in trouble, which is basically what a lot of Elf is doing, is getting Brian into trouble yeah. and being friends with Brian and having fun. They played up the alien part a lot less than I thought they would.
1: They did, but probably because we picked up in season two and three where it was just expected everyone knew Alf.
0: Yeah, we wanted uh, to watch the pilot where they would kind of have him crashing, but that was not available anywhere. The
1: one, thing, the one last thing, too, I want to say with Max Wright is I don't want to paint him in a terrible picture because in one of his last interviews before he passed um, of lymphoma, Back in I think 2019, mm-hmm. he had one of his last interviews. He did say that while he didn't necessarily enjoy the filming of Alf, he didn't regret it because he thinks that it brought a lot of people joy well, as that's a show.
0: Good. That's so I nice think to hear. later
1: in hindsight, he kind of was just like he came okay, around to yeah. it.
0: I yeah, and I I do think a lot of it. It's like when you, you know, there were interviews with Shelley Long about Cheers and same thing. She hated it. She hated being there. She didn't fit in. And then later on, she returned for the finale and she talked about it in kind of nice terms. So you have a lot of that. Yeah, looking back on it and and admitting that, hey, maybe this wasn't my favorite thing, but it it was joyful for people and it made people laugh, right?
1: So to kind of hit that, we already, I mean, I pretty much summarized the episodes already, but if I had to pick my favorite line from this episode.
0: Oh, tell me because I want to see if it matches. Okay.
1: Um, Alf has one minute left before his time is up right he knows he's looking at his watch he's like one more minute and then he turns to the cat Mm -hmm. which of course is this running gag to alfie's cats he turns to the cat and he says one minute to go lucky then i'll be down on you like a buzzard on a gut wagon
0: yes that was too that okay. I it down. It's so, and I forgot that Alf liked cats and he kept trying to chase the cat. Yeah. I forgot that running gag, which is crazy because it's like such an important as soon I was like, oh my gosh, the cat, the line I is
1: the line is perfect because it's hilarious to a kid because the kid's like, oh my gosh, Alf's gonna eat lucky, Yeah, right, which is the funny part about. But the second part of that is, As a kid watching, I wouldn't have gotten what that was referencing, right? That a gut gut wagon was this old-time butcher's wagon where they threw all the scraps so of course a buzzard would be like it's almost saying like i'll be on you like a mouse on cheese right but a kid wouldn't get buzzard on gut wagon and they
0: could have gone that's the thing about this show they they have lines like this every now and then they could have gone with mouse on cheese yeah and they choose not to the other line that is that throwaway thing in the background the the oven's blown up alf's run away so that he doesn't get caught the neighbor comes in and the neighbor's watching tv and this guy goes, coming up, the Japanese trade imbalance. What do women in bikinis think about it? <laughs> and the guy goes, I love Sweep's Week, which we were just talking about the other day. Yeah. When Sweep's Week comes in, that was the time during traditional shows where they would pay advertisers more and they would have these crazy shows. They'd have extended episodes. They'd have, like, stunt casting, mm-hmm. all of that. But... It's this throwaway line that's in the background on TV and then the tanners burst in so they don't pause really for a laugh. But to me, it was hilarious. It's hilarious because it's the the perfect 1980s reference: with the Japanese trade imbalance. But mostly, what do women in bikinis think about it? How can we make yeah. this infotainment, right? Um, yeah. So those were some of my highlights. Oh, also, I wanted to point out some of the the clothes and the palette. The palette, um, I have not really watched too much Golden Girls, and at some point we'll watch that. But the palette here is very, um, it looks like Sherbert. Some sitcoms have a very bland setting, but this had, um, the whole kitchen is done in this mint color. That's late
1: 80s, early 90s. Yeah, yeah. there's
0: coral. It looks like Miami. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's Miami Vice colors, right? Like, that's what it is. And then Lynn. The teenage daughter didn't have too many lines in these two episodes we saw, but she comes in wearing the longest sweater I've ever seen. It's this enormous pink sweater that comes like down to her knees and she's got a striped top underneath. And I was just like, the big hair also, the big bangs and the mall hair where you have like the wings come out and it's permed. And I was like, this is um, how Megan wanted to look in 1986. I don't think I, I don't think i pulled it off like lynn does but i surely wanted to huge sweater huge hair huge everything so our next episode is stairway to heaven yes the wonderful life concept it's interesting because they even say at one point um they do a call to it
1: yeah yeah and I, we kind of like i said we kind of ran over the fact that it was basically a wonderful life what was your tell me a highlight something that jumped out at you about the episode
0: I really liked that when they're talking about how he got to be in this position as like a CEO there, the guy who plays the guardian angel is a character actor who did an episode like every show in the eighties. He did like my two dads and and in the nineties Seinfeld, like every show he did one episode of. Um, But he's saying in very like a gravitas British accent well your ship fell and then your radiator fluid burst through and of course jackie o enjoyed it very much and then leona helmsley also wore it and then donald trump picked it up for his and so you have this litany of 80s celebrities that again to me as a kid i would not have known or cared right. I mean now um we won't get into that right. but, but yeah this whole list of 80 celebrities and then he says um your favorite quote is greed works it's not even greed is good which it's is what works. i was expecting it's just greed works so i kind of liked that um his favorite book was zen and the art of acquisitions mm-hmm. instead of the art of motorcycle maintenance there are these kind of like dated jokes but To me, that was part of the nostalgia, and that's those were some of my highlights. I liked the the set dressing of the backyard with its very fake bright green grass, yes, astroturf. It's so clear that they're shooting on a set, um, the lighting and everything, and so that was kind of like kitschy. um,
1: Which makes sense, though, because as you talked about, the puppeteer had to be four feet below. So they couldn't have done it in the real backyard without digging a huge trench.
0: Well, and they wouldn't have anyway because those types of shows, they just didn't, you know, they didn't do that. Um, Some of the other things when the family, sorry for my notes there. When the family has money, they they throw around like Maserati and Porsche, but also what they're eating.
1: Yes. Right?
0: That they're eating this like.
1: Hearts of palm.
0: Hearts of palm. And Effion, I think. And then they're playing later on, they're playing um, chess. Yes. With a full timer. Um, Also, I want to say another highlight. Uh, We didn't see, did we see the male neighbor? But we saw his wife.
1: We saw his wife, and yep. I forget
0: her name, but she also played Jerry Seinfeld's mother in Seinfeld, and she is a great I think character Raquel. actress. Yeah, um, it well her yeah her real name.
1: <laughs> no, that was what they called her in the show.
0: I know, but yeah. I mean oh, the actress's name. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that she was really funny. They have because they have money now, they can have a maid, and the the neighbors now live behind them, and now they have a huge pool with a slide. Yeah, um, the fact that Brian has friends. Because Alf isn't there, and so now he can have people over. That, to me, was kind of sad. And I was like, you know, Brian might be the only one who's actually better off here. Right. <laughs> that was kind of sad to me. What were some of your highlights?
1: Although, Well, probably my favorite line from this episode was when Alf is revisiting them again and realizes that their life is not as great as it looked. It's kind of boring. It's like they're playing chess but not really paying attention to each other. You know, Willie at one point pushes a dish off the end of the table just to hear it crash, and says, "Sometimes I just like to hear things break."
0: Yeah, it's so sad because
1: Alf's <laughs> not around to break everything. Uh, but they, they Bra-
0: ask her to burp. Yeah, Pride.
1: Brian comes in in a in in golf clothing, and of course, remember Brian's like nine, and he's got a golf club with him, and he says, uh, "Father, I'm I'm on my way out to practice golf," and he says, w- "Why do I like golf?" And his father goes. Because you can network and make business acquaintances. Yes. It's
0: such a good line.
1: And that's not the line, though. The line is from Alf. Alf is watching this, and he turns to the guardian angel, and he goes, what, what, network and make business acquaintances. He goes, Brian's supposed to be a kid, not a Republican.
0: Yes, right? that's true. Which, again, yeah. would
1: have been a line that I wouldn't have necessarily caught at nine years old myself.
0: I just like that he tells him he can make more business connections on the golf course. Yes. The Republican line is funny too, but the the business connections on the golf course, i probably because I know people who that's why they started playing golf. Right. So at any rate, it ends like it's a wonderful life ends. At first he wants the new life, then he realizes that he wouldn't have the Tanners and that his life is empty without them, their life is empty without him. It has this really sweet ending where, and as Steve said, he's like waking up like the wizard of oz and tm mm. and so they have kind of a cute joke for kids and adults yes there and um then and then that's the end so again the problem is solved within the half hour like a traditional great 80s sitcom so yeah then after that we watched one of the cartoons it was pretty short and i don't even know that we saw the whole thing i am linking it on the blog for anybody yeah. else who wants to watch saves
1: it i'll <laughs> yeah, and it was. I think it was pieces of it, maybe. But uh, the interesting thing was, is it really has nothing to do with the Alf show. No, it's all animated, and it's about his time on his own home world. So it's kind of like an action cartoon for kids.
0: Yeah, I thought that the animation, in comparison to some of the other cartoons we've been watching, the animation is very cheaply done. Yeah, and also, you know, the the difficulty is that the show. Does center around Alf, but he's very clearly an alien on our world, right? The cartoon, the difficulty is they all look. Like him. Like him. So there's a little bit of difference. There's a girl with pink hair. There's a guy who's a soldier who's kind of buffed out. Yeah. But there were three or four characters where I was like, is that Alf? Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> the problem is on Alf's world, Alf is an everyday average person. There's right. nothing special about him. So
0: that's the thing, that the show is about him being a fish out of water and also being like the crazy friend or neighbor or uncle who brings joy to a family right. and so you don't have that same dynamic with the cartoon but it was interesting at least for us you know and we might have been felt differently if we had watched a couple episodes of it but if, for us at least it was just kind of a nice taste and then we saw the 2004 Elf's hit talk show which so, i think is a great so name.
1: 14 years after the series went off the air yes he has a tv land talk show
0: so this was seven episodes um that they filmed they were a half hour each and they only really filmed them as a one-off because tv land had just acquired elf the sitcom so they played one episode each day and every day they had a like binge-fest, what do you call it?
1: Like a marathon.
0: A marathon, yeah, Mm -hmm. of shows. So they'd play a half-hour episode of ALF's hit TV show to kind of swoop in as an intro for the marathon, and then they'd show the marathon, like, all night. Yeah. So we have Ed McMahon from The Tonight Show.
1: Yeah, they've got Ed McMahon as the sidekick for ALF on this TV land, And again, I mean, you're now talking, what, 2004? 2004. So... You know, Ed McMahon wasn't on Late Night anymore. Right, because
0: right? Jay Leno had Be- taken over at yep. that point.
1: And so he wasn't on that, but apparently the publisher's clearinghouse money ran out. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't think he had too much going on. And probably they said, hey, do you want to do this? It's only seven episodes. They probably yeah. filmed it in like a day. The
1: episode we saw had him and Ed McMahon on it. And then Brian Cranston from Malcolm in the Middle, which was which was in, in its first run at that point. Yeah,
0: it was the second I think, or, third, second or third, season. third season. So it's pre-Breaking Bad Brian Cranston. Yes,
1: Very, a younger Brian Cranston in Malcolm in the Middle.
0: But it had to me... You know, it's supposed to be like a late night show and he makes references. He says, they said that I had Letterman's Wit jay leno's teeth and conan o'brien's hair yes and they show a picture and the hair is very much the same and then he says but i had it first it's this great joke but it actually to me felt like rosie o'donnell's talk show which started in 2002 so it would have been really popular at the same time i
1: I would say this we talked about with the Alf series kind of part of the problem was you had jokes that either hit with adults Mm -hmm. and then you had the puppet that hit with little kids and it could miss in the in between a little bit, depending. Um, and then the Alf cartoon obviously was just a play for the puppet to kids, right? It's a Saturday morning cartoon, yeah. so they took the family orient all out of it completely because the kids don't get that, right? What I would say here is, at least at my age now, I thought the Alf Late Show or the Hit uh, Alf Hit Late Show. I thought that was the best concept to use Alf in.
0: I totally agree. I totally agree. I would
1: watch that now.
0: I thought that too. I was like, we watched this on YouTube, and I was like, I want to see all of these episodes. Yeah. It is, first of all, as we're speaking now, it's 15 years old at this point. It did not feel 15 years old. No. It was not dated at all, It, other than the fact that Ed McMahon was there. And his
1: jokes land with adults.
0: His jokes land with adults. And I felt like maybe Paul Fusco was hemmed in by that sitcom format And when he's in this late night format, he makes some off-color jokes. Not too off-color, but there's like the joke, um, you know, he's going through what everybody's saying about his talk show. And he's like, the Utah Times said, this is a great show to watch with all your wives. Yes. The timing is perfect. Yeah. It's a hilarious joke. I mean, no offense to people in Utah. um,
1: That are Mormons. Who
0: are not part of the FLDS. Right. Which is a whole other problem. But... But it's a ju- it, it just it's a little off color, but not so off color no, that you hit. can't play it on. on and, and
1: it's interesting that I like this because as you know, as you know, I um I hate late night shows. I'm not a fan of yeah. late night shows. I haven't been a fan since Letterman left, and I don't like any current late night hosts. But I would watch Elf. Yeah. I could see Elf in that same exact setting, maybe not Eggman. Right, but that. Yeah, with that yeah. same exact setting, making a Trump or Biden joke.
0: Yeah,
1: 100%. And landing. And
0: also, interestingly enough, because it's, it is Paul Fusco, but essentially it's the puppet talking. Yes. Because it's this puppet, I think you could get away with more humor and some edgier stuff that a regular person talking to wouldn't get and it's just i mean brian cranston is very funny on talk shows i actually kind of am a fan of talk shows sometimes brian cranston tells this great story of being um, at one point, he was friends with a priest or a pastor, and so the pastor needed him to marry somebody in a plane going over the Hollywood sign. The pastor mm-hmm. didn't want to, so he was like, "I'm going to commission you to be a pastor, and then you can um then I'm going to ordain you, and then you can marry these people." Yeah. So Alf starts making all of these jokes about, "Well, now you're a man of the cloth." Yes. And um. And and Brian Cranston goes, well, I'm assuming by now I'd be defrocked. And Al first says, well, that had to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, but in Hollywood, you can get that done anywhere. Yeah. And then he goes, we're probably going to cut this. But thankfully, they didn't because yeah. it's such a great run of jokes. The chemistry between the two of them, I could watch watched a whole hour of it. Yeah. I really could have. So I think, yes, to me, I agree that's the best iteration. But... We do have to grade ALF on a scale of one to 10 cats. So the snack, we always do one out of five. Yep. And Bean Boozled got four out of five cats. cats. And now we have to grade just the original episodes of ALF. What is your score?
1: I'm gonna give ALF five out of 10 cats. Okay. There were pieces of it that land now to me, and then there was other pieces that I just don't think hold up as much. Like I said, to be honest, if we were grading an ALF late night show, it would be much higher. But it's just that whole setting and with a lot of the issues that they were having and things, I think five is a a solid number.
0: I mean, honestly, if we were doing the late night, it would be like an eight out of
1: ten. Yeah, (laughs) I I
0: really enjoyed it quite a bit. For me, this is a four. I... I'm not a super fan of these types of cheesy 80s sitcoms. And some of them I have more of a nostalgic feel for it in my heart. And I'm sure there'll be some that are worse that I'll grade higher because of that. But this just it was a little I will say this. It, it was a very fast 22 minutes, so it did not feel slow. Um, unlike some of the other things we've seen. But I just felt like did I laugh at a couple lines? Yeah. But I don't think the chemistry wasn't there between the actors. It was so much about Alf and not the rest of the ensemble. I would have liked to have seen more of them. And it's possible, too, that in other episodes there is, right? That we just didn't see that. But, um, yeah, not my favorite. I don't think I'd watch another episode of this again. You know, we talked about... If there were kids, would you let them watch it? They can. I think it would feel dated, though.
1: It would definitely, I and believe. not
0: just the colors and the clothes, which we've but we've there's seen no with other video shows. game
1: references. There's no cell phone references. Well, there's a lot of the a lot of the era things. It, it dates itself. Yeah, there's a
0: it. lot of references, but they are very very dated. Yes, you know, we've and we talked about some of those. But I think a cute show. You might have kids who are drawn to the puppet, <laughs> maybe. Does it hold up today for me? I don't know. So, a five from Steve, a four for Megan, so four and a half. So, a four and a
1: half, and a half cats. Which one oh, us, gosh. Which one of us is <laughs> going to cut the cat
0: down? I don't want to cut <laughs> a cat down. How about uh, four cats and a kitten?
1: Okay. Can we say it like okay. that?
0: Four cats and a kitten for Elf, and um, that kind of recaps the recap. Four out of five cats for Jelly Bellies, and four... Four cats and a kitten out of 10 for Elf. Next time, we are going to be looking at Troop Beverly Hills because it is Girl Scout cookie season and our Girl Scout cookies just came in today. So That's we're true. going to hold off until we watch that. But until then, you can find us on stopruiningmychildhood.com. We have links to all our social media, but also a lot of the things we talked about today. Um, there's A link for the oral history of elf um an article from mental floss magazine there are links to clips for the show and also a link to watch it on amazon through the stars network Mm -hmm. so that's it um we hope you follow us leave a review again for a small podcast like ours it really makes a difference
1: Uh, as always i'm steve
0: and i'm megan and this has been stop ruining my childhood thanks everybody